supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2006 film Monster House. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey and I am the mom of a 19-year-old. She's 19 now, y'all. 19. 19-year-old <laughs> young lady. A nine-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy. And I just have to say, you got it right. On I'm the so first excited. try. On the first try. We have I don't not think that's had... ever happened before. Not recently, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, so this movie was produced by Robert Zemeckis' Image Movers and Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. So that's that's a pedigree if, it's, if we're going to talk about movies right right it, it really it is and they lined up a decent cast i mean the kids are kids obviously and so you know i don't actually know who any of the kids are <laughs> I, but like i guess they're all like kid actors they're kid actors or were I mean, in 2006 now they're adults because that was 14 years ago oh yeah like 29 <laughs> apparently the lead actor is 29 so not a kid anymore but if i were to say hannah montana and phineas and ferb and those kinds who is of he things, on phineas and ferb which one um let me see if i can get down to his filmography we're just now dipping our toes into the phineas and ferb waters so jeremy johnson i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, i don't know but this movie was originally meant to be a DreamWorks production and then eventually just got picked up by this other company that ended up Sony, I think it is. Yeah, I think that it is. Or Columbia. Yeah, it's Sony. So that's interesting. Because what DreamWorks in 20, 2006, what was their, where were they in their film repertoire? Would have been between Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and it would have been released the same year as Over the Hedge and Flashed Away. Mm-hmm. So after Shrek 2, but before Shrek the 3rd. After Madagascar, but before Kung Fu Panda. Just to give you an idea of where <laughs> it would fall in the DreamWorks timeline. It's very different for them. They don't have a lot of... Um, human no lead movies right well and this falls in that late audie we've talked about this endlessly the computer animation Mm -hmm. of people right at this time right is not a little weird (laughs) right but they use So they used the motion capture mm-hmm. technology for this, like in, um... Oh, um, Polar Express. Yeah, so it's the same technology as Polar Express, which I, in watching this, I get the same, like, weird, not quite uncanny valley, but it's still odd. Like, uh, Chowder really reminded me of the children on... That, that show 
Oh, what wow, the heck you're is doing really, Lazy really town? well today. Okay, so <laughs> Chowder really reminded me of the weird-looking children on Lazy Town. Have you ever seen Lazy yeah, Town? Yeah, I know okay. Lazy Town. You know what I'm talking about? I, I do. The, I mean, I, the masked and I do. Uh-huh. humans. <laughs> Are they puppets? I don't know. They're I weird. don't know. And uh, Chowder it... looks straight out of Lazy Town. And I think that... So, this story is not at all complex. And no. this episode is likely to be fairly short. Because... Somebody called it the Goonies for the Naughties. You know, like the Knots. Like right. The yeah. Aughts. But <laughs> I, 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 I get it. But no. No, I agree. It's not. <laughs> Goonies is on our list. We're There's coming... not enough of an adventure in this movie. Right. And that's the thing. I just don't feel like we have enough to really go on. I mean, it's just some kids versus the house. Yeah. Which is fine so... in terms of entertaining my children, but not in terms of a story or an adventure. So as somebody who reads a lot of Stephen King, it really reminded me of like a Stephen King story, mm-hmm. especially because of the reveal at the end where you find out why the house is haunted. Mm-hmm. That just felt very much like out of a Stephen King like story to me. And so this was written by... Yeah, it was written by Dan Harmon, who... Oh, that's right. It was Dan Harmon. And I remember noticing that it was Dan Harmon. Oh, it was a Harmon show. Everyone should be like... But it's not... And I like Dan Harmon. So he's famous for being the creator and producer of Community. And also (laughs) Rick and Morty and... uh, Let's see. We've got a lot here. Harmontown, obviously. Um, Kung Fu Panda, apparently he worked on. And he's done. Let's see. Arrested Development. He did it. He acted in an episode of Arrested Development. So in terms of writing, it's this and Harmontown and some stuff. He apparently, according to his Wikipedia, so... We, we got to do it a little bit. According to his Wikipedia page, he's got some uncredited consulting going mm-hmm. on as a writer for Kung Fu Panda and a consulting f- consultant for Doctor Strange. But he's also been accused of sexual misconduct at least once, and there's been some things... And he's not always appropriate. And, yeah. So, I don't know. When when we have... What do we do with an actor or director or writer entity type person with uncredited works? 
when they are also involved in possible scandals? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. We'll move on. Like, whatever. (laughs) I think we're so done with this. We've talked it to death. You you know how we stand on it. Um. So let's just we mentioned, I we mentioned the main character, uh, DJ. Like I didn't even know. I've watched this twice in the last three <laughs> days, and I didn't even really know it's DJ, played by Mitchell Musso, who is apparently from Phineas and Ferb. And then, okay, let me look at the other two. Sam Lerner was Chowder. Uh, The Goldbergs. He's 27 now. Um... Oh, yeah, he plays um, the... He plays the sister's boyfriend on the Goldbergs. Okay, that means nothing to me, but it might to you. <laughs> I can't remember anybody's name on the show, though. <laughs> um, and then we have Spencer Locke as Jenny Bennett. She is also, or was on Cougar Town. And, oh, hey, this one I actually know, Kmart in the Resident Evil movies. I don't know. <laughs> I have an affinity for video game movies, but although that one got progressively worse and worse. Okay. <laughs> um, let me see. Anything else? Um, Steve Buscemi is Horace Nebercracker, who I keep wanting to call Nebuchadnezzar. I know. Um, <laughs> I can't get the name right either. <laughs> I feel like that's that was written for him. Maggie <coughs> Gyllenhaal is Z unremarkable kevin james is a police officer funny because like he always ends up playing a police officer it seems like nick Nick cannon also a police officer police officer yes Eh. (laughs) they were kind of write-off parts roles they were there for a few minutes it was fine but we didn't see them much like we didn't see mom or dad either which is Mm -hmm. a shame because I know. Why do you, how on earth do you pull out Kathleen Turner and Fred Willard and only use them for, for three minutes? Right. Here we got John Hedder. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Napoleon Dynamite. He plays yes. Skull. Uh, Jason Lee is Bones. I can't remember where we fell on Jason Lee. Did he leave Scientology? I can't remember. <laughs> His character is so creepy. <laughs> it like looks like they tried to make him look like one of the Ramones, but like forgot that he's also supposed to be like a teenager. <laughs> and like for a kids movie, they really wrote him as somewhat skeevy and inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Totally. No? Yeah. Like... Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think he's... As of... Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. As of 2016, Lee no longer practices Scientology. All right. 
So You're I back guess in we my can... good graces, Jason yeah, Lee. I, I guess we can... Used to be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. One of these days, we're probably going to have to do at least something about that. But <laughs> I feel like we can skip it for now, no? <laughs> yeah. Then um, DJ's parents are Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard, who we actually just recently talked about. Um, Fred Willard was in Wally, and Catherine O'Hara was in what? Did we, well, she's in Home Alone, obviously, but she was in something else we just talked oh, about too. Oh, uh, the uh, Nightmare Before Nightmare Christmas. Before she's Christmas. Sally. Yeah, she's Sally. And yeah, it's Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard as the parents, and then we have Kathleen Turner. I am always there for a Kathleen Turner cameo. Like, I'm... I mean, mostly she screamed, I yeah. think. <laughs> let's, let's, but, but it's fine. Have I, I think I might have mentioned this on here before, but, like, I grew up watching Romancing the Stone and um, yes. Jewel of the Nile. Yes. So I'm a big Kathleen Turner fan, and in my head, when I'm sick and I have a cold, that's who I sound like. I'm, you, I mean, you can hear me right now. There is literally no there's physical no way, way possible I would ever sound like Kathleen there's, Turner. There's no way. <laughs> but I like to think in my head when I'm, like, sick. But I, I, I feel I you. Like. I mean, like, she she, she is she is kind of vocal goals now. Yeah. And even I cannot hope to achieve <laughs> Kathleen Turner. <laughs> and I'm much closer to the base than you are. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, big fan of Kathleen Turner. <laughs> yeah, I, but sh- and so great cast. Yeah, definitely great cast. Yeah, for great sure. Great cast that we don't even have to really question or argue about too much here right. in this at this time. We just have to be like, but they were improperly used. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I want to start off by saying this is a movie I watched before I had kids. I really like this movie. I actually really do like this movie. And I mm-hmm. do definitely get, like, a, a something of a Goonies vibe from it. I don't think there's enough of an adventure in it. Um, it doesn't It doesn't feel as nostalgic for that as, like, watching Stranger Things does. But um, I liked it as an adult. And I can remember thinking even then when I watched it, probably back in like 2007 or so, that um, I didn't know that it was necessarily appropriate for a kid, but also that I thought it was probably scary for a kid. So the nine-year-old said it was scary, but it was really great. Yeah. Because he's nine, right? Mm -hmm. And so that hits all of the sweet spots and... I've mentioned this before, but he's nine with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So getting him to sit through a movie is honestly no mean feat. Right. And he was wrapped for this one. Mm -hmm. Like, he really was pretty enthralled. The three-year-old was pretty enthralled. He was pretty firmly ensconced on my hip, though. Yeah. And I don't... I think he might have found a little bit of it scary. Like, again, I, I my children are guinea pigs, and I don't care if I traumatize them, apparently. <laughs> well, my five-year-old watched it, and he watched a decent amount of it, but then he 
wanted to go and play on his tablet because he said it was too scary. But I'm not sure if he actually thought it was too scary or it just wasn't holding his attention enough. And he really just wanted to go play on his tablet and knew that if he told me it was too scary, I'd be like, yeah, fine, whatever. Well, and that's the thing. (laughs) Like, I never know Mm -hmm. when they say they're bored, Mm -hmm. if they're actually bored or if they just are more interested in getting back to the electronic yeah. device of their choice. At this point in time, we all have to agree, we're all addicts. No, right? It's right, just different yeah. degrees, and it's what we're addicted to. And Cal Newport can be high and mighty about not having a phone all he wants. That's fantastic. But he's a math professor so he's still using his computer a fair Mm -hmm. amount I would argue like we all have our own tech preference and we like to go back to it when we hit those points so for me I've noticed that it's like that point of uncomfortable right when something becomes uncomfortable now I want to just retreat to my favorite tech thing. Right. For me, is most of the time it's Facebook. Yeah. Here, let me go scroll through Facebook for five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So I think that I'm willing to acknowledge that I too have this tendency, even in a, even as an adult, and I know that my children do. So it's impossible to judge whether it's a they just want to get back to the comfortable place. Or if yeah, it's actually not holding their attention. There's right. no way to know. There's no way to know. So I was just scanning through to see what critics thought of it, and they seem to like overall have like good things to say about mm-hmm. it. So I could see this definitely being one of those movies that like critics liked more than people who watched it, like your average film goer. Mm-hmm. But something I was reading here that just is really kind of, I don't know, like good job trying to be edgy. But Todd McCarthy from Variety wrote that Harry Potter fans will notice the script shamelessly lifts the prime personality traits of J.K. Rowling's three most important young characters for its lead trio. Tall, dark-haired, serious-minded DJ is Harry. Semi-doofish chowder is Ron. And their new cohort, smarty-pants prep school redhead Jenny is Hermione. I, that's such a cheap shot. Like, I feel like a trio of those three stereotypes is such an archetype that, like, you're not really ripping off anybody by putting three characters with those personality traits together. Well, and... <laughs> Chowder's no Ron. Right! And DJ's not Harry either. No. There's First literally... of all, he has two parents alive who love him. And... I want to take issue, honestly, with the smart girl being Hermione. Can't she be anything else? Is there no... With girls in particular, we have archetyped them so severely that if they fall anywhere close to it, there's this inevitable comparison but just because she's a smart girl does not make her fucking Hermione. No. Thank you very I, much. And it's so funny, too, because, like, you could have, somebody could have said, oh, the redheaded girl with the braid is Anne Shirley. You know, like, it's not, like, you're just, that's not a deep, a deep uh, 
cut you got there, Todd. Like, you really... <laughs> no. And trios tend to happen with friends yeah. in this way and Especially this in age. movies. It's always mm-hmm. trios in movies. Mm-hmm. I think there's good tension in some way mm-hmm. or another around a triangle in some fashion. We yeah. just always come back to it as a plot device. I think it's just a plot device. And to to go one step further... To argue that J.K. Rowling, whose own works are incredibly derivative, created such a plot device (laughs) would be, I think, going a little too far. So you want to hear something even better? We've talked about this movie before. You want to know why? Because in 2006, this movie was nominated for Best Animated Film with Cars and Happy Feet. And it lost to Happy Feet. <laughs> so, do you like this movie better than Happy Feet? Oh, yes. Was it animated better than Happy Feet? That's a good question. <laughs> because, I mean... Is it a better film than Happy Feet? Story-wise, yes. undeniably so. I mean, no Feet. contest. So, what Happy Feet had that I think at the time made it so great was that it seemed realistic. But now, 15 years later, (laughs) when we watch it, they're just creepy penguins, right? right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here, while I still take a little issue with the human characters, the other animation really holds up very well. The leaf at the beginning in particular, Mm -hmm. like, it was well drawn, the sound was crisp. I really enjoyed the visual effects of this movie. Mm -hmm. So, the reason we chose to talk about this movie right now is because Because it's it's Halloween season. Yeah, Halloween season. Next up, we're doing an old favorite. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We have to. Yeah, we're doing Hocus Pocus. We have to do Hocus Pocus. Yeah. We can't call ourselves a movie podcast if we don't do Hocus Pocus. If we don't do Hocus Pocus. And we have to turn in our spooky season cards if we don't do Hocus Pocus. What did we do last year? Why didn't we do We didn't do Halloween. We didn't do Halloween movies last year. Just Christmas movies. Just Christmas movies. Well, and we're not really there's not Thanksgiving movies to do, but we considered it and we're bringing you the Princess Bride anyway because (laughs) that's about as close as we can get for you. Well, there is like a really creepy like life. It's not really creepy. It's a weird lifetime movie. About Thanksgiving. I think it's Lifetime. It might be Hallmark. And there's like a turkey puppet in it. I literally <laughs> like am movie. not. No, that's not it's a like kid's movie. It's like Gobbler's Hollow. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather do a review of the episode of The West Wing where we pardon the turkey. I mean... <laughs> no. It's called Turkey Hollow. It's a 2015 Thanksgiving movie. It was made by the Jim Henson Company, and it was a Lifetime movie. It's narrated by Ludacris. 
turkeys are, and there's other, it looks like there's other creatures too, but the turkeys are definitely, like, if you think of, like, a a Jim Henson creature, it is the turkeys. (laughs) Now I kind of think maybe we should talk about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. But let me just read this to you. Okay. As part of the Thanksgiving holidays, a recently divorced man named Ron Emerson takes his children, Tim and Annie, to the farm of Ron's eccentric Aunt Cly. Because it's a Lifetime movie, so obviously. Of course, of course. <laughs> In the town of Turkey Hollow, which has no technology. Tim and Andy find themselves caught up in searching for the Howling Hoodoo, an elusive 10-foot monster that has been considered a legend to the citizens of Turkey Hollow. <laughs> I feel like if we can, we have to talk about this movie. I can't tell if it's a Thanksgiving movie or a Halloween movie. Certainly we can... All right, all right. You're going to have to cut all of this discussion out of this episode, but fine. No, I think we leave it in. (laughs) All right, but anyways, back to Monster House. (laughs) We'll let you know where we land on Turkey Hollow. (laughs) You'll know when we know, (laughs) y'all. I don't know. Do we need to talk about this movie like... (laughs) (laughs) What I meant is, do we need to, like, go through the plot? No, I don't actually think we need to go through the plot. All right. So, let's talk. One of the things that I wanted to look up, since we're doing Halloween. Okay. I thought, well, let's talk. Maybe there's some history here. I mean, this is ostensibly Steven Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis. There's some kind of story here, no? Like how they ended up doing this movie? Well, or no, I mean just that generally those are the guys who like the history movies. Oh, okay. So maybe when we're... But I could could find no good origin story. It's the real life retelling of the haunted house. Right, right. That's that's kind of... (laughs) That was owned by the former fat lady. Right, that's who what got I was entombed for. in the basement. <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for. Gotcha. You're laughing, but I mean, it could it's happen. a haunted house story. So that's what I was looking for <laughs> because there is, I would say, historically speaking, a huge <laughs> difference between a house that is haunted and a haunted house. Yes. No. Yeah. I mean. A house that is haunted is just a house that is like any other place that is haunted. This is very clearly about a haunted house. And I would say the house is actually, it's possessed. It's a possessed house, right? I think that might be better language for it. It's possessed by the character that... um, By Kathleen Kathleen Turner. Turner. It's it's possessed by Kathleen Turner. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that it's, I, 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 you know, Americans are weird about their history and their old buildings. And, like, we think about things as being really old, but we haven't been here for long enough to have things that are really right. old. Because I was having this conversation 
earlier this afternoon with my business bestie, who's telling me grisly stories about how in Scotland there are actually places that are themselves will use the word possessed because after the plague they ground up people's bones and used it as mortar in the buildings so that's basically what happens in this story right in in a <laughs> more or less kind of way yeah. it's constant less intentional yeah, Constance ends up in the foundation of the house, so she becomes the house. So I realize that, like, when they're telling that story, I'm going to go with the fact that it's sort of fantastical because it's coming from Nebercracker's memory, mm -hmm. right? Because, like, the house looks ridiculous. They built, like, one room. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you would think... That he would have a more fond memory of this woman who was the love of his life. But, like, his telling of the story makes her look awful, right? It does. So, do you think she was actually not that awful, but, like, him having to live in this house for all these years, what, 45 years he's dealt with this? Right. And... So now he's just... She's evil. <laughs> because he talks about was in love i mean he saved her right mm -hmm. from so funny though that like well how awful is it that she lives in that cage after the circus performance is done and then like he's like i can get you out of here i'll take you away and then he like connects he just hooks his cage her cage up to his truck or whatever and drives her, her away like, no I mean, wonder she was evil. Right. Like, <laughs> the person who loves her the most in the world still kept her in the cage for, like, who knows how long of a journey. And and, and is it because she was fat? I mean, is that <laughs> is that the message that we're walking away with here? I mean, she wasn't really that fat. Like, no. I, she wasn't, like, doesn't fit in a car fat. I, I but... But the whole flashback story <laughs> so I'm just, is bizarre. Right. It's all weird. And I don't I don't quite understand it. <clears throat> I think I think it's is. just yeah. been warped <clears throat> by the forty five years that Nebercracker has lived in the house and dealt with having to keep her from eating children. But the other thing that I think is kind of funny is when Bones is like talking to the kids about Nebercracker uh -huh. and he talks like oh yeah he kisses his house or whatever <laughs> and like when he says that it's such a throwaway like what yeah whatever he's just like being a dick but then like when that story is told you're like oh okay maybe he does kiss his house right <laughs> so and and there's so much that's weird there like if <laughs> Bones comes out, right? Yeah. So, and he was, was he eaten by the house before or after the cops were? I think before. I think I he think was the before. first one, like the first human we see right. eaten by the okay. house. So, so we can assume then that the cops are going to be fine too. Yeah, they 
Oh, they come out at the end. <clears throat> did I did I just miss it's that? It's like at the very end. <clears throat> I can't remember if it was during like a cut scene or whatever, but they do come out. Okay. So they come out and I just missed it or didn't yeah, care. And yeah. or didn't care. Either <laughs> yeah. is likely. But how far back are we going? Right. If this house has been eating children. I mean, and seriously, we have to assume that Nebracracker missed some, right? So my guess is that, here's my guess. Because I think, yeah, he is. Bones is eaten after Nebercracker is taken away in the ambulance. Right, 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 right. So I'm going to say that the house wasn't actually eating kids. It was just angry at kids. Like, it never actually ate a kid. It just stole all the kids' toys. And then once Nebercracker is gone, it, like, starts eating children. Because I think that the neighborhood would be more concerned about the house if kids were actually missing. But because it's just like kids saying, oh, yeah, my my kite got stolen and eaten by the house, parents are like, yeah, that's a good story. Like, just stop losing track of your shit. And I'm not buying you another goddamn ball. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that's how many my times you ask me for a dollar. I think Constance is just scared at that point. Okay. <laughs> My favorite part is when they're in the house and they're talking about the uvula. (laughs) (laughs) And Chowder I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, like, I'm still... I'm... I'm bothered by the whole, like... No, I'm not done with this. Because when he's giving all of the toys back at the end, right, we have decades, potentially, worth of toys that the lawn has eaten. Surely the house had escalated before. I mean, he had to leave. Where was he getting his groceries from Maybe in 1984 was... when there was no Instacart? When he would leave before, he would have a conversation with Constance before he left. And she didn't witness him getting potentially killed in her front lawn. I swear, I don't think it ate any people until Never Cracker was gone. So you think he tamed her, <laughs> essentially? So, okay. I think she was less reactive when he was there. Well, then, that puts some really interesting implications on act, on Nebercracker's, like, he's bound to the house. No? Yeah. He's basically a prisoner yeah, and that's in like, his own home. That's essentially what he says at the end, isn't it? That he's, he's not done to with that this. degree, but yeah, I think, you know, as with all DreamWorks films, I feel like, even though this isn't actually DreamWorks, it started there, mm-hmm. and I feel like they could, they could have done so much more with this story than they actually did. I am disappointed by the fact that they didn't really dive into those kinds of themes mm-hmm. about. What it would what it would mean to be in your house for forty fucking years and not yeah. be able to leave because your dead wife is keeping you there, like we touch it, 
but we 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 just kind of touch around the edges of it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sidetracking again. There's oh, a the video whole game. Oh, a sidetrack. So it's there's fine. a video game of this movie, <laughs> and it's a third-person shooter survival horror video game. So, like, what does that remind you of? Uh, what's the House of Corpses or whatever? You know, which, like uh-huh. where you're in like the thing and House like, of the Dead. It's yeah, it's House of the Dead. Yeah, the stand-up game at yes. like the arcade. Uh huh. I wonder if it's like a kid's version of that. Now I want to find it and play it. If you've ever played the game, let us know. What is it like? I would like to know. These are the serious questions. These are the real questions. <laughs> okay, but what are we shooting? I'm going to I'm going to watch a video. Okay, so you're shooting like um it looks like things from within the house that have come alive. It sounds yeah. appropriately creepy. Yeah, right? But no, it's like totally like House of the Dead. How, what is it? What did you say it was? I believe... Uh, uh, see, I feel like House of the Dead is Rob Zombie. Yeah, it is. But the House of the Dead is, okay, I was mostly right. It's the House (laughs) of the Dead. And there were several. Yeah. So, it's just like that. But it's for this movie. It was was my favorite Mm -hmm. shooter. Arcade shooter. Mine too. So So, anyways, back to the (laughs) movie. Back to the not quite movie. What time period does this movie take place in? That's a good question because so, Nebercracker looks like he was in World War II, uh-huh. or do you think that was Vietnam? I, I we could go either way, but I don't think I would guess World War II. If we go by the tech, they're using Polaroid cameras or DJ is to take the pictures, mm-hmm. but nobody has, I mean, it's so, it's, I'd have to go back to my, so I have to confess that when I have, when I consider my technological roadmap, mm-hmm. the thing that I actually use for this is supernatural. Okay. <laughs> because it's been on the air for 15 so years. So long, Yeah. <clears throat> and from technologically from 2005 mm-hmm. to 2020 now mm-hmm. like when we started that show they were researching things in libraries mm-hmm. and when Sam's computer got ruined we did not immediately replace it and cell phones were bricks I have a perfectly spooky appropriate a reference point for this. Ready? Okay. In 2003, I moved into my college apartment, and we thought it was haunted. And our thought wasn't, let's Google for the newspaper articles. Our thought was, let's go to the library and read some microfiche. Right. In 2003. In 2003. I got my first ever cell phone in 2003. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. But I'm going to guess, so World War II ended in 45, 
let's say he met Constance shortly after coming home. They spent 45 years in the house. That would make this 1990. I think uh-huh. that looks appropriate. I think so. And I, I it, it feels like the 90s to me. Mm-hmm. As a child of the 90s, like the cars and just the ambience, I guess, yeah. is the word that I'm kind of looking for there. And definitely early 90s, because mm-hmm. like you still have like that thread of 80s. Right, right. And it's in the, it's in, what what the hell is the, the dude's name? Skull, right? In mm-hmm. the video game arcade, mm-hmm. when they go to the arcade, because he's like the fountain of knowledge. Yeah. But they go to the arcade, and there's only a couple of games there. Like, yeah. it still feels, it's not comparable tech. It's supposed to have been earlier from yeah. when they made the movie, I agree. So what do we think? Is this a good <clears throat> Halloween movie? Yeah, like... Is I'm it a Halloween movie? It yeah. is a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Unquestionably so. There's trick-or-treating. It takes place on Halloween. It's spooky. Oh, I didn't even get to tell you the trick-or-treating story. Okay, I have to tell you the trick-or-treating story. All right, go for it. So I was I was Googling because that's <laughs> what we do now in 2020. Right, we don't go to the library for microfiche. We don't go to the library. Thank God for that because <laughs> I'm not getting exposed to people in the library these days. I was Googling haunted houses because I wanted to talk about haunted okay. houses versus houses <laughs> that are haunted. Sure. Instead... What I found was the the unique American way of thinking that we've invented everything. Okay. And what we thought we'd invented <clears throat> was trick-or-treating. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, as a custom... I think we just popular, popular, right. popularized it. I, it it's harvest traditions over cultures are wild and vast and varied, but the night All Hallows Eve mm-hmm. has long been celebrated by the children of the villages in some capacity, whether it was a party or games right. or things. And we've talked about the cultural, <clears throat> like how across cultures that time of the year has like a very similar, like the veil is thin, like mm-hmm. dead and loved ones are nearby. We mm-hmm. talked about that in our unreleased Coco episode. Yeah, because that well, takes place on Dia de los Muertos or uh-huh. Dia de Muertos. So we'll talk about really, that we're, too. We're really going to have to <laughs> refilm that one at some point in time, re-record that one so that we can actually have that conversation. We are more. far enough removed now, I think, from that original God, it's recording. been like two, two, almost two years. Yeah. Surely we could re-record it at this point in time. <laughs> we'll have to give it a go. But, <laughs> yeah, the veil is thin, and we've, there's, there's a lot of similar traditions. But what the article I was reading was talking very specifically about how during the Great Depression, we took, so I say we, teenage boys took vandalism and pranksterism at this time of year to the next level. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm going to intercept for a second and say that growing up in the Great Lakes area, and I think that this is like a thing that happened throughout the Great Lakes, the night before Halloween was always called Devil's Night. Mm -hmm. And first of all, some areas of the city would do their trick-or-treating on Devil's Night, Mm -hmm. but also, so you could go two nights. Mm -hmm. So like if you knew people who lived in like areas that did Devil's Night trick-or-treating, you could go then. But, um, or beggar's night is what they would call it if you were doing trick-or-treating. But on devil's night, that's when all of the mischief would happen. Like, all the high schoolers would be out TPing and egging. And it was always, and, like, people would start fires. It was always slightly chaotic and a little bit scary as a kid. It kind of stopped <clears throat> everywhere by the time I was, like, an older kid slash adult. So I don't really have a reference point for, like, if it actually was as scary as I've remembered it being, like, were people really starting fires? I don't know. Probably not on my street. <laughs> but that level of vandalism was a thing, and mm-hmm. it was a thing that happened. And so what the... Gotta love the American church bitty response, <laughs> right? Because yeah. what they decided to do was throw block parties. Okay. Where people would go from house to house and collect items. So you gotcha. stop at the first house and get the pile of old, sh- get a sheet from the old pile, right? So that you okay. can be a ghost. And then you'd go to the next house where you'd get the popcorn ball. And then you'd go to the next house where you'd go bobbing for apples. Okay. Which would so it was culminate like... in the last house that we would decorate as a haunted house. Oh. Like, so then after World War II, when everybody came back and we were in the boom, right? So it's, it's sort of like a progressive dinner party. <clears throat> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> so after World War II then, when we came back and the boom was happening and there were... Teenagers after World War II, so none of them got to go to the war, mm-hmm. and there was this weird kind of antagonism, and they needed to do something with them. So they actually kind of institutionalized haunted houses and put the teenage boys to work scaring the small children. Yeah. Which is, growing up, again, our, we had a big um, park at the end of like our neighborhood, like a huge mm-hmm. park. Um, and every year the church youth group, the Catholic church youth group would do a haunted, um, they called it like haunted woods Mm -hmm. and it was like, you would walk through and there'd be like somebody dressed up as Jason and there'd be lots Mm -hmm. of screaming and fake guts and stuff. Yeah. So that sounds appropriate. Yeah. And that's, that's. that's (laughs) Who knew that was so steeped in tradition? (laughs) I. We didn't invent it, certainly. Although, from what I hear, nobody does trick-or-treating quite like we do here in Mm -hmm. America. It seems to be a very uniquely American thing My understanding is it's one of those things that's only taken on um, in recent years outside of America. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, if you're listening from, like, England or Ireland or... Uh, another like English speaking European country, let us know what's going on there because I'm curious. We have all those people where in Thailand who listen yeah. to us, apparently. Yeah. We were Please. number 16 in Thailand a couple Again, weeks ago. And what, number three at the beginning of August? Yeah. So, like, all y'all people in Thailand, 
I'm telling you, tell me what you do for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> All right. So, at the end of the movie, I mean, do we have any actual thoughts about the film or how it wraps up or... I think my favorite part of the way it wraps up is that it still feels like a fantastical story that parents aren't going to believe. Like, they're going to chalk it out. It was like, oh, a gas leak. Yeah, what happened to the house, <clears throat> and nobody seems to care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, we're, we're, we're touching on all of these great themes like we do in DreamWorks movies, but we're just not, we're just not hitting them. Right. We could have had so many good conversations. However, at the end of the day, we have, it was great, it was scary, I liked it. <laughs> Which, I guess, from a nine-year-old boy is about the most glowing recommendation you could <laughs> ever possibly hope to achieve. So, okay. Yours ran, yours is, yours ran away at, what? Half- Maybe halfway, yeah. But again, I don't, I think it was just he was more interested in watching the Zebra Gamer on his tablet. Death to Zebra Gamer. Hey, he's got a legion. I would not. I don't want that coming at me. Also, he keeps my kid really entertained every afternoon, so. Really entertained. My youngest is not about the gaming life yet because he's still more interested in going outside and running around and shaking <laughs> sticks. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. He's only three. My but the kid. nine-year-old cannot get enough of the video game yeah. tutorials and walkthroughs, and Zebra Gamer is by far one of his favorites. Yeah. My, um, so today we, we film a month out at least. Uh, we've talked about that before. Or we record a month out at least. We've talked about that I before. I said film earlier, yeah, too. Just, <laughs> like, you don't want to see what's happening No, here. you don't want to see Sarah's closet or me smoking weed. I mean, because <laughs> that's what's happening here when we're recording. So today was the first day of school for us here. And I filled out, like, you know, the first day of school thing that I bought last year for, like, $10 on Amazon. And it was the one that would come in time because I obviously waited until the last second. Of course you did. So, obviously, one of the questions on is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And last year he said he wanted to be a paleontologist. And this year he said he wanted to be a video game designer. (laughs) (laughs) So, there you go. That's better than what I got this year, which was YouTuber. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's coming. (laughs) So. At least it's not a TikToker. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Right? I mean, so I don't know if I told you this. I've decided that since YouTuber is the thing. I mean, it's not like I'm not an entrepreneur and it's not like I don't see the potential value of online business. So I can't hardly knock it, but if, if if that's really what he wants to do, 
then he's got some shit he needs to learn up front. Sure. So he's learning iPhone photography yeah. this first semester. I, I mean, he's nine. He's yeah. old enough to pick it up and learn how to yeah. take good pictures. And at this point in time, as someone who takes terrible pictures right. and knows that it is actually detrimental to my business. Sure. It's, it's the, it's, uh, so there we go. Get him some video editing nine-year-old iPhone photography because he wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up. And I don't know if that makes me a good parent or a bad one. I don't know. I feel like you almost (laughs) need to go the route where you start him off in analog and then work him up to digital so he knows, like, the mechanics of why it is the way it is. I, I don't dispute that, but cameras and film... They're actually expensive now. They are. And I have no interest in spending Mm -hmm. that kind of money on nine-year-old pictures because I'm sure I'm going to get thousands of pictures (laughs) of blue puppy (laughs) doing blue puppy things. I I, I believe I've talked about blue puppy at least a little bit. (laughs) Blue puppy is my son's Hobbs. And there will be, like, in-depth studies, I have no doubt, of Blue Puppy in his native environments. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I'm not paying for that fucking film. No, no are you kidding? Expensive. No. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but iPhone photography, so that's what we're doing. And we come back full circle because apparently that's what DJ is doing at the beginning of this movie, right? Taking pictures. So it paid out for some good. Yeah. Being able to take decent pictures. It's worth something either for stalking or YouTube careers. It's fine. It's cool. All right. So like, I don't, we've discussed this ad nauseum as terms of age. Um, there are no actual Halloween costumes to wear here, which is deeply, deeply ironic. <laughs> right? That we're doing a Halloween movie with no Halloween costumes. We will fix that next week because you can always go as a witch in Bet Midler wear, right? <laughs> right. All right. Do you have a score? Oh, I don't know. This is a tough one. I didn't dislike it. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I am a solid three here. Okay. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. It's just a movie and it's a fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's three. I feel bad for recommending it. I feel like I remembered liking it better. But you know what? I think maybe I might have been getting it confused with Paranorman. Oh, so you're telling me that we had a better Halloween movie to watch well, this we'll month? Well, we'll save it for next year. I guess we're saving it for next year. It's not It's not like we have a whole bunch to go through. Right. Is the thing. Yeah. And if we do Hocus Pocus next episode, we're, we're, I mean, we'll have to do Paranorman and, like, The Witches next year. Those yeah, are... There's, there's a decent amount of Halloween movies, though. There's, like, movies that take place on Halloween. There's more. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they exist. <laughs> I mean, when we get to having to do, like, Halloween Town, then we know we're desperate. 
when we get to doing Halloween Town, we're quitting, Sarah. <laughs> that 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 is when we quit. <laughs> that is when we hang up the podcasting mic and say, "No, I'm sorry. Y'all have to watch these fucking things yourself." Time. <clears throat> All righty, my darlings. I think that's it. Do we I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, 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 I told you it was going to be short. There's just <laughs> not much here. I think so, that's okay, though. Yes, I think it's fine. I am happy. Quality to... over quantity. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Okay. So, if you want to find us places, that's Facebook and Instagram right now, at Latchkey Movies. You can email us at latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can call us and yell at us with corrections. Nobody does that. I'm very disappointed that nobody yells at us with any <laughs> corrections. I Because we don't would. instill any kind of, like... Um, Rage? Or just strong feelings. <laughs> We're kind of like this movie. <laughs> mm, I, think, I think people like us a little bit better than that. They come back know. every week. I'm okay with being a three. <laughs> <laughs> I am not okay with being a three. We have to elevate our standards. Make us a four or something. <laughs> Be more enthusiastic. Demand more things from us. And show us your support by giving us money. That's Kofi.com <laughs> slash Briar. We'll take that money, turn it into tacos. Because that's about what we're at now. <laughs> drive through tacos. Hey, tacos are good. Well, I don't get to go get them in, per- in, in person with real people anymore, so yeah, that, <laughs> everyone's just supporting my taco habit now. <laughs> They're sad tacos. Sad, lonely, alone tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get them the phone number. It's 402-885-4875. Call and yell! And then buy us tacos. Alright. Mm-hmm. Talk to you next episode with Hope and Focus.